Hi, everyone, and welcome to Having It All, a podcast that explores the question, can we really have it all in life? My name is Matthew Bivens, and I believe that having it all means viewing life through a lens of abundance and love. You see, it's not about having anything, but instead about how we experience ourselves, other people, and life itself. In this podcast, my guests and I explore what having it all and creating your ideal life actually look like. We talk about the joy and contentment when you feel like you have it all, however it is that you define it. And we also talk about the profound and sometimes uncomfortable situations that you frequently must go through in order to create that ideal life. My goal with this podcast is that you walk away from each episode with new lessons that you can apply to your life, as well as real, raw stories of what having it all can look like. I want to spark the flame in your mind that asks, what does it look like to have it all in my life? So, with that, join me in having it all. What's going on, everybody? So in today's episode, I talk with a really interesting entrepreneur by the name of Greg Clunas. He's a host of a podcast called Tiny Leaps, Big Changes, and we go big on this episode. This one's a little bit longer than normal, but it's because Greg has got so many amazing insights to share. What Greg does is he researches self-development, self-mastery techniques and strategies. He does all the research And then he shares them on his podcast. So we get into the weeds on a number of things in this episode. And Greg really, you know, opens himself up and talks about his experience with personal development and self-mastery, as well as the experience from the people that he's learned from. So it's a really amazing episode. Um, There's a couple of points in the show and you may want to rewind because, you know, Greg lists out a number of great tips and a great follow-up on what we're talking about. So, yeah, brew yourself a cup of your favorite tea. Uh, In Greg's case, he loves mint green tea, so maybe give that a try and um, sit back and enjoy this episode. Today I'm talking with a guy who is all about inspiring big changes in the people that he connects with. He is the host of the podcast Tiny Leaps Big Changes, where he shares simple, research-backed strategies for helping you get more out of your life. He's a storyteller and a researcher, and I'm really excited to be talking with him today because I know he's got some incredibly powerful insights to share with us. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Greg Clunas to the show today. Greg, how are you being today? What's going on, Matthew? I am being fantastic. So pumped to be here. Awesome. Awesome, man. Well, uh, I appreciate you carving out some time to come hang out with me. Um, I think we're going to have a powerful conversation. And um, before we actually hit record, you and I were talking, and it's funny because we've had um, a similar path to with our podcasts, because you have your own podcast, and obviously you're hanging out with me on my show, where we started out with one idea, and then something else really sparked a passion in us, and we decided to go for it. So that's going to be part of our conversation today. We'll be talking about passions, and I'm excited to hear your thoughts about that. Yeah. Cool, man. So I gave a pretty broad overview of what you do in my intro, um, but I'd like for you to fill in the gaps for me and just tell us more about you 
and your show. Sure. So as you mentioned, I am the host of Tiny Leaps, Big Changes. And the whole point of the show is this. I've been involved in the personal development industry for about 10 years now. And by involved, I mean as a consumer. I read my first personal development book at the age of 13 when my brother handed me a copy of Awaken the Giant Within by Tony Robbins and threatened me and told me I had to read it by the end of the (laughs) summer. Um, So that sort of kicked everything off. And I just I couldn't get enough of this idea that I could create the world that I wanted to live in. And because I started so early, that got me even more excited at the fact that I, I'm ahead of this. I, I can be where I want to be much earlier than someone who maybe started a little bit later. So I've been involved in this space and, and very actively consuming. But something I noticed is that in the last like two, three years, the message in personal development has been these very these statements that just sound good they don't actually have any practicality behind them they're they're just nice things to say and and when you tell somebody for example follow their passion that's a really good thing you should pursue work that inspires you and excites you but there are a lot of steps before you're able to do that full time and and nobody talks about that they just leave it at follow your passion and you'll be happy they don't talk about the years and months and decades sometimes that you have to deal with nonsense just to get to that point. So the the point of Tiny Leaps Big Changes is to highlight the fact that it's the tiny steps you take on a daily basis that get you to your bigger goals. It's those things that you choose to do and, and don't choose that are eventually going to create the life you live in the future. So if we want to make those changes, we need to take a step back, figure out what the big goal is, but take a step back and identify the things we can do right now to eventually get there. Hmm, I love that concept. And it was the title of your show that really grabbed me because um, I'm a, I agree with you. I'm a believer that if you talk to anybody who's experienced any sort of success or accomplishment from the outside, that stuff can look instantaneous. You know, it can look like it just happened overnight or it happened in a real short period of time. But if you get to know them, if you talk to them, if you learn their story, you'll find out that it was a ton of tiny, tiny steps. And all those those steps were not always going in the correct direction. Some of those steps were going left, some were going right, some were going backwards. But it's the accumulation of all those tiny steps that lead to big changes. And so I, I really like that about um, what you're, the message that you're delivering with your show. Yeah. And and to that point of the fact that some of your steps aren't going to be in the right direction, I'm a big believer in the idea that perspective changes when you are in the arena. So if let's say you want to lose weight and this has been a goal of yours for however many years, the minute you start going down a path, even if it's the wrong path, even if weightlifting isn't the thing that you're going to fall in love with. Maybe running is, but you don't know that right now. The minute you start going down the path of weightlifting, you gain a new perspective on the world. You gain a new point of view as to what direction you should be going. And that's just as important as figuring out the the right way. So don't fear taking wrong steps. Embrace it. Go after it as excitedly as when you're going down the right path, because that's going to help you in the long run. 
All right. Well, we can uh, we can wrap up the show right there because you just delivered some powerful nuggets. So uh, <laughs> thanks so much, man. I appreciate your time. <laughs> but seriously, that's I mean, that's amazing. That's amazing truth that you're sharing. Um, I think it really gets gets to the point of just begin, just begin. Like you don't have to always have everything figured out. It's it's fun and it's sexy to envision that ideal scenario, to envision yourself a hundred pounds lighter and with rippling muscles and all that great stuff. But if if that's all you do, if all you ever do is envision what it is that you want and you don't actually get started, you're not going to experience it. And just like you said, you might think you want to go and be a world class runner, but you get started and you find out something else totally different is what is what um, calls you. So it's all about just getting out there and like you said, get, yeah. getting into the arena. Yeah. Very cool. Well, in the context of this show, having it all, what that means really is experiencing life through the through the eyes of abundance and love. Experience life through the eyes of abundance and love. So with you, uh, I'm curious, what does having it all mean to you? Yeah, I think it's about the pursuit of balance. And what I mean by that is there are these core areas of life that that we all have experiences within. There is the finance, there is nutrition, fitness, relationships, career, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And we will never, ever be at the point where all of these areas are completely in balance at all times. That is not possible. However, what is possible is the pursuit of that balance. It's going after each of those things with the knowledge that the status of the other is going to affect everything else. So your nutrition is going to affect your decision-making when it comes to finances. It's going to affect your career. It's going to affect your relationships. All of these things are related. So for me, having it all means trying, knowing that you'll never get there, but trying anyway to get a balance between all of the areas of life that, that we all have to deal with on a daily basis. And, and I personally try to approach those things. I do let it slack off here and there because in the middle of the workday, I might get too busy and not be able to go to the gym. And that's going to bother me because going to the gym is a very important part of my routine. But this is where it comes back to the fact that you're never going to be in total balance because something has to give in order for everything else to work. However, the next day, you can bring that thing that had to give today and bring it back into the forefront. So 100%, it's the pursuit of balance between all areas of our life that are important to us. Mm. I heard you say a couple of things in there that I want to um, bring attention to. And the first was really just recognizing that there are different areas of your life that are a part of your life. You know, there's your friends, your family, your fitness, all those different things like you mentioned. Um, but I also heard and kind of listened in between the lines that it's important to understand your values and the roles that you play in life and to have them prioritized because then you're able to know, okay, I value this. I'll put more energy into this or I value this role and I'll put more energy into that role. And you can kind of then create that sort of balance or pursue that balance knowing that, hey, my role as an entrepreneur right now is a little bit more important to me than my role as a friend. And exactly. so you'll be okay with putting a little less energy into your friend role and a little more energy into your entrepreneur role. 
Save big money and transform your home with new appliances now at Menards. We offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection ready to take home today. Check out top appliance brands, including KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, Amana, and Criterion. Upgrade your home and save big money on new appliances at Menards. Shop our entire selection of appliance options online today at Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Exactly. That's 100% how I've experienced life, and it's 100% the advice I would give to anyone who was interested in asking me. Hmm. Very cool. Well, I I actually have a, a list of questions and things that I wanted to talk about, but um, I'm going to jump off the rails for a second because about an hour before we hopped on this conversation, I was listening to one of your podcasts, and it was your podcast about the hidden cost of personal development. Um, if For those listening yeah. out, out there right now, I'm going to put a link to this episode in the show notes because um, it is, for me, something that everybody needs to listen to and become aware of and really accept if you are being bold enough to go down the path of personal development. And so, Greg, what I'd like for you to do is to share what are those two costs of personal development? Yeah, so that episode came out of a a friend of mine posted on Facebook, and it was a really well-written post that uh, his name's Billy Farrell. um, And he essentially just outlined this he put into words something that I'd personally experienced and I'm sure many other people have, but I've never actually put into words. So, so the hidden costs are this number one, there's the cost of the actual growth. There's the cost of the education or the conferences or the books or whatever tools you're going to need to get yourself to that next level. Now that's, that's a little bit less hidden, but some people don't think about it when they go into this arena and when they try to get themselves to a better place. But there is a second cost. There's one that almost nobody thinks about and most people are shocked when it starts to happen. There's the cost of those experiences, those shared experiences that you have with the people that are currently in your life. And what I mean by that is most people connect with each other based on some shared bond. It's some shared view of the world that brings us together and allows us to connect and work together. Once you start to grow and once you start to change your views and change your experiences and seek things that the people around you aren't seeking, you're naturally going to no longer have the same commonalities between yourself and the people that are in your life. And So what starts to happen is that people start to say that you changed or people start to say that you're different or people start to just sort of not really want to be around you anymore. And the reason I did that episode is my show is all about personal development, but I don't think people realize enough that one, this is going to happen. And two, the only thing you can do about it is try your best to be a good friend. But if that person still chooses to walk away, you have to move on. You can't stop your own growth because somebody else isn't willing to grow as well or because they can't accept the the new viewpoints that you have and still retain the friendship. So 100%, this is a hidden cost. This is something we don't naturally think about, but we should because if we are choosing this path, if we're choosing to change the world around us and 
our personal experience of the world, then everything changes, including those connections and relationships that you might cherish right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the reality is you will lose some of the relationships that you hold closest to you. They will not look the same if you decide, if you make the choice to go down this path of self-mastery, personal development, self-growth, and the people around you don't do the same thing. And it's been my experience that it's rare that all of the people around you will say, you know what? Yeah, I want to join you on this path because the path is it's fucking hard. You know, it can be challenging, man. Absolutely. Yeah. And so when I heard this podcast episode today, I was outside. I was playing with my dog. I'm listening to your show. And I was like, you know what? I'm changing up the questions I'm going to talk to Greg about because this is something you're absolutely right. People don't talk about this. However, people experience it. So. Share with me, Greg, what has been a relationship that that has has either fallen by the wayside or you've had to completely cut off because of your decision to work on yourself? I mean, this is where it's hard to say, because as I said, I've I've been involved in this space for since I was 13. I'm 23 now. So I'm, I'm fortunate in the fact that I've been going through change in myself and change in my approach to life all throughout my teen years, all throughout high school and college. And so the people that while I was doing this, I was very aggressive with who I chose to keep around me, who was a part of my circle. And now I'm fortunate that the people around me are all people I feel that I can lean on. And they're all people that hopefully feel they can lean on me. However, even with that, there definitely have been friendships, close friendships that I've had since middle school that it's not so much that they aren't willing to grow as well, but it's more that I moved out of the area. Um, so let me just tell this story, I guess. So hey, I ahead. moved out of my the area that I grew up in. I, I now live in New York City. I grew up in a small town upstate called Highland. And For those of you listening who are familiar with New York, it's not actual upstate. It's not like Syracuse, but still still pretty far out. Anyway, um, so I moved out for college and went came down to New York City. And a lot of my friends from high school stayed in that area. And now we have a lot less in common. And and a big part of that is just the difference in the differences in our area. But even one of my best friends who is just as interested in personal growth as I am, the people that were around him when he stayed instead of leaving for college were people who were not interested in growth. And that definitely affected his own desire to grow. And so the first time I went back after I graduated school and and we really spent some time together, I realized that we are still very close and I care about him more than a lot of other people in my life. But there is a definite gap there in between as far as where I currently am and the level that I'm fortunate enough to be able to operate at and where he is at this moment. With that said, I'm glad that we were able to get back in touch because thankfully he is now being a lot more brutal about the people that he chooses to be around. And and that's going to make such a difference in in his growth going forward. But 
even just that little change was was something that made such a large gap in between us. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that when you do this type of work, when you decide that you really want to look at yourself and who you are being and you know strive for that greatest version of yourself, it is incredibly important for you to take a look at the environments in which you place yourself because your environments and the energy in those environments inevitably end up impacting you and influencing you. And you talked about how you surrounded yourself with certain people and that the people that you're surrounded with right now are people who inspire and uplift and help support you. Well, I think that that adage of, you know, you become the five people that you hang out with most is absolutely true. And so, you know, when people are trying to make big changes in their life, it's it's incredibly important not to just do the, you know, the actions and work on the mindset, but also to think about the environments. And this could be your work environment. This can be a social environment. It could be your home environment. I mean, here's here's something brutal, but it's real. You might start this work and then look at your spouse and be like, you know what? This spouse just isn't isn't supporting me. My spouse right now isn't helping me get to be the greatest version of myself. And then you have to come, you know, you have to make that decision. You know, where yeah. where do your priorities lie? Where do your where are your values? That that's why I think having your values in order is so important. So yeah, and man. this is why it's hard. Yeah, absolutely. this is why it's hard because you are going to be faced with those types of decisions. You're going to have to choose who you allow to get close to you. And that's not an easy thing to do. Hmm. No, it's not. No, it's not. So, man, you are on point with that. I want to talk a little bit now about passions. Let's talk about passions, because I know that starting Tiny Leaps, Big Changes was a move towards a passion of yours. However, I also listened to an episode where you talk about how following your passions is not a smart idea. Mm. So help clear that up for me and and talk to me a little bit about passions. Yeah, so follow your passion has been a very, very paralyzing thing for me. Um, I have many things that I'm interested in and I've always taken that advice and, and it's sort of made me want to be able to narrow my interest down to one particular thing and feel that that's the path I, that I needed to go down is is to cut and shear away all the things that aren't this specific pattern or passion rather. Um, and so that's why I say it's it's not always a good thing because for a lot of people, it does create this situation where you almost, you aren't able to act on anything because you start to question whether or not you're passionate about it. And, and so this online business stuff for me has been uh, six and a half years this summer or maybe seven, I can't actually remember. And um, a lot of the failures that I experienced during that time was simply that I didn't let myself operate in that space long enough to to have any kind of success. I knew what I needed to do. I knew what was supposed to happen in order for me to land clients or sales or or whatever it was I was selling at the time. But as soon as things started to get hard, the immediate question is, am I passionate about this? And mm-hmm. and so you if the answer is no or if you aren't 100% positive, but you believe that you're supposed to be at all times and you believe that you're always supposed to be happy about it, then you're going to run into issues and you're going to stop yourself from experiencing the type of success that that you could have. So 
that's the reason that I believe following your passion is by itself not the best advice. Um, I think what needs to happen is that number one, you should not be afraid of exploring all of your interests because so many things that I've done over the past six years are now extremely valuable skills that I have that allow me to work for myself full time and I am not passionate about them at all. They were something I were I was interested in at the time. I learned the skill. I used it for whatever project I was working on. And now I still have the skill. And that's the return on investment is mm. I pursued an interest and I still have a skill that I can monetize and keep myself earning a good income from. So, so that's number one is do not be afraid of pursuing all of your interests and just exploring what your mind wants to explore. Number two is when you do find something that you are quote unquote passionate about, it's not all sunshine and rainbows. It gets hard and it gets hard very quickly and you start to doubt yourself and you start to feel anxious and stressed and all of the negative things that you probably experience with your job right now, you're gonna feel with whatever you're doing that you're passionate about. The difference is that when you're passionate about it, on a deeper level, you care enough about the topic or the goal that all of those feelings and things that that you're stressing about don't matter as much. They don't hurt as much. But they, they're still tough and they're still hard. So I think what people need to do is realize that passion isn't this end-all, be-all thing that you find and everything is amazing afterwards. You need to realize that, number one, you probably don't actually know what you're passionate about because we're all so multi-interested and we have so many opportunities in front of us that how could any one person ever be completely passionate about one thing for the rest of their life that doesn't make sense to me. And number two, when you do find something you're passionate about and you do pursue it, it's going to get really hard. So be ready for that and realize that just because it's hard doesn't mean that you're not passionate about it and doesn't mean you shouldn't be pursuing it. And even if you aren't passionate about it, that doesn't mean you should stop before you see some level of success with it. Give things a chance to actually give you a return, whether that be a skill or some level of money or some connections or whatever the end goal is. Give things a chance to work and, and you're going to be much further ahead as a result of it. I think that's great advice, and I think it's a it's a different way to look at passions because obviously we've all heard you know pursue what you're passionate about, and uh, and and work will no longer be work. Um, but I I I agree with you on what you said, and I want to add that I also think it's important to look at what you're good at, where your skills are, where your gifts are, like what you're innately gifted at, and then where can you provide a tremendous amount of value. Yeah, because I think you you like you said, if you get started in a certain direction, you know, you go for the things that you're really good at and go for the things that um, you can provide value in. You might find passions within those areas that you weren't thinking about before. So there's a really great book that I recommend that I personally love and have recommended to my alma mater that it should be required reading. It's called So Good They Can't Ignore You by Cal Newport. And I don't know if you've read this, Matthew, but his not. view on passion is phenomenal. He lays it out like this. You don't find your passion and then get good at something. 
you get good at something and then you become passionate about it. Mm. The only way you can be passionate is when you are operating at such a, a level of expertise that you're able to really comprehend what's going on and what needs to happen next. Whereas most people operate at sort of an average level of expertise because they don't ever really dive into anything because they feel like they're not passionate about it. So 100% recommend read that book. It's a pretty quick read. I'd say maybe 200 pages, but it's such, such an amazing mind bending approach to building a career that you'll love. I love that. And um, I'll put a link to that in the show notes. So if you're listening and you're at home right now, you can just hop on to the uh, the page for this episode, go to the bottom and see a link to that book. Um, I want to talk now about habit formation, because I think that a lot of what you talk about in your show really comes down to forming powerful, healthy habits. So yeah. things like meditation and journaling, um, even the Pomodoro technique that you talk about, it's really about creating those habits. So um, Greg, what are some habits of health and self-love that you practice regularly? So I'm a big journaler, uh, or I, I don't think that's a word, but I journal. That's <laughs> cool. Um, and so each night before I go to bed, I write down my thoughts from the day, and, and I have one leather-bound journal that I, I spent a little bit more on because I wanted something that would last me. Uh, I call it my everything journal. And the idea is that it's essentially just a snapshot of where I am in life right now. So everything goes into there from all of those areas of life that that we discussed earlier. And one thing that I try to do, one thing that I try to do as frequently as possible is writing down at least two or three things that I'm truly, truly grateful for. And I'm sure I'm not the only person that says that this is something that a lot of people do, but for good reason. It works. It's the type of thing that really forces you to think and and really appreciate what you've accomplished, who you have in your life, and what's important to you. So that is probably the number one thing I do from a self-love and reflection point of view. Um, some other healthy habits that I really try to build in. As I said, the gym is a really important part of my day. I try to make it as much as I possibly can. Sometimes, unfortunately, there's too much to do or I get myself a little in over my head and I'm not able to. But it's extremely important to me to to try and do that because for me, going to the gym is a meditative practice. Lifting weights and going for a run and uh, doing some calisthenics. They're all a part of letting myself and my mind relax even just for an hour so that I can come back to work and come back to uh, relationships and come back to all of these other areas of life with a refreshed approach and a, a different view as to to what is going on. Um, so going to the gym, very important to me. I have been eating a lot healthier lately and this isn't something that this is something that I'm I'm almost being forced into by my girlfriend <laughs> but um definitely good for me so I I appreciate it and if you don't have somebody that's forcing you to eat better then one thing you can do is just replace one small meal so for me breakfast is an extremely stressful time i have no idea why but figuring out what to eat just 
it freaks me out. So whenever I'm having a hard time figuring out something healthy to eat, I'll just make a protein shake with fruit and have some sort of fresh fruit on the side of that. And it just starting the day off with something that is going to give me the nutrients I need and doesn't have too many extra things that I don't need is is a fantastic way to set myself up for the rest of the day to make better choices. So uh, to, to sum it up, I journal every night. Uh, it's something that I rarely miss unless I'm extremely tired. Um, number two, I, I need to go to the gym as much as possible. It, it allows me to refresh and to let my mind stop thinking for a second, which is a big problem because as I'm sure you've experienced and many of the listeners have experienced, there's always some other question that needs an answer. So oh, so yeah. you could be running 24-7 and and the gym gives me just an hour out of that to to not think because I'm in too much pain. And um and then finally choosing to have at least one relatively healthy meal, preferably breakfast, because that's going to set you up for better choices throughout the day. Even if they're not perfect choices, they're better choices than if you were just mindlessly eating. No, those are all fantastic habits, and um, there definitely are empowering things you can add to your day. Um, Now, with journaling, I want to jump back to journaling because um, I think that's something that a lot of people hear and are told the benefits from, you know, it's, it's great. It's great to be journaling every night, journaling your gratitudes, thing like that. And for me personally, I have started and stopped a journaling habit so many times over the past number of years. Right now, I have a, a very strong journaling habit um, because I've created a bigger reason for my journaling. So, for example, I'll go on a quick tangent. Every month, I put out what's called a rep report where I show the reps that I'm putting in in my life towards having it all. So I, I, I have created this and it helps me to be consistent with my journaling because I know at the end of the month, I'm going to count up all the different gratitudes that I've journaled and those are all going into my rep report. So my question for you is, what have you done to make journaling a consistent habit in your life? And what did you do that first time you, you know, you journaled for a while and then you missed a couple of days? How'd you get back into it? Because I think a lot of people start and stop, start and stop. Yeah. So, so one thing to consider, and, and I want to lead with this, but don't necessarily put too much weight on it yet. Um, one thing to consider is that journaling may just not be the right practice for you. And, and what I mean by that is I've tried a million times to get into meditation. I've talked about it on my show. I know what the neurological benefits are. I know that meditation is something I should do. But it's just a habit I've never been able to to really commit to and make it a part of my life. Journaling is my answer to that. It's a different meditative practice that is more active and allows me to still dive into my mind and still actively think, but it's it removes those barriers that I run into when i'm I'm just sort of in my head without a means to express it. So, that's one thing to consider is whether or not journaling is the right practice for you because something like yoga might be better for you or maybe meditation works for you or uh, a big trend right now is adult coloring is a ridiculously meditative practice. I don't know if you've ever given that a try. I haven't but, um, tried it myself, but I, I see those coloring books all over the place whenever I go to the Yeah, they get, they get pretty intense. Um, yeah, that's cool. So... <clears throat> 
what that's that's one thing to consider outside of that for myself personally uh part of the way that i got into journaling and made it a big part of my uh, routine is like i said i got a journal that is really really nice and this might seem silly or superficial or, or whatever other words you could throw on top of it but the fact is when you have a nice leather bound journal that isn't just like a composition book or or something like that it's more attractive and it makes you want to hold it it makes you want to open it and flick through the pages and and all of those things so invest in in a nicer journal that may cost like 25 bucks is something to consider. It it might help you. It worked for me. Um, outside of that, as I said, it is my everything journal. And I specifically chose that because before I started, one of the things that had me sort of scared to start was simply I didn't know how to use it properly. I didn't know whether I should just write about business things. I didn't know whether I should write about personal things. I didn't know how to make sure that I was getting essentially the best use of this journal and that it was going to benefit me. So personally, I just decided not to worry about that. And every single entry is just whatever is on my mind at that moment. Whatever I'm concerned about in that moment is what makes it onto the pages that night. So so that's another thing is removing those barriers of the journal needs to be done in a certain way or it needs to be some particular thing and just allowing it to be a place of expression. Um, so, so that's, that's the second thing that I really believe helped me. Like and that. then, yeah, it, it, it worked really well for me. Um, and then the third thing that is a big piece, um, I'm, you may have heard of it. It's called habit stacking. So this is a technique that allows you to build another habit off of the back of one that already exists. So for example, if you want to start flossing and you already brush your teeth every night, hopefully, um, <laughs> the habit stacking technique of flossing would be to put the floss right next to your toothbrush and do it immediately after you you brush. So that Makes way sense. you start to attribute this act of brushing, which is already internalized, with flossing and that allows you to build it a little bit easier. So for me with journaling, I journal when I have a cup of mint tea at night, which I should have probably mentioned that in a habit earlier, but I grew up drinking mint tea at home with my parents and it's a, it's a big part of my life and uh, there are a lot of health benefits to it as well, but it's just a comforting thing for me. So before bed, I usually have a cup and I started journaling during that time. And this wasn't a conscious choice. It just happened to work out that way. And since I knew I'm going to have tea every single night, that's already internalized. Journaling started to become more and more internalized because I associated it with this other habit. Mm, I like that. I like that. So for, for you folks out there listening, um, you can rewind a couple of minutes and, and hear back on all of Greg's tips because, hey, if you're like me, you've started and stopped journaling or other habits. You've started and stopped many times. And uh, there are definitely ways for you to build these habits. And I feel like once you get them kicked off, you know, once you get them started and, and it's it's rolling, then the momentum builds and, and it, you know, it, it, yeah. it becomes a habit that sticks. And I like to think a habit really takes about 90 days to form. So if you can do it for 90 days, it's solid. It's cemented in there. And um, yeah. it's awesome. Thanks for those tips, man. Let's um let's talk about fears a little bit because personal growth and, and big changes, they absolutely do not happen without 
facing a few fears. You know, you have to be courageous. You need to be bold. You need to look at your fears and and confront them. So what is the biggest fear that you have faced along your journey to where you are today? The biggest fear is one that I still face and that I deal with on a daily basis. And that fear kind of came out of the recent success of my show. So um, as, as you know, Matthew, but the audience probably doesn't, I launched the show Tiny Leaps Big Changes on January 1st. And it's been just about seven weeks uh, since launch. At the end of week six, we crossed 100,000 downloads. Um, and, and it's just continuing to grow from there. We That's were awesome. ranked top 20 in the overall what's hot for health charts within iTunes. And, and it's just sort of been this cascade of momentum that's just been built. And so my fear has been since I, I noticed this happening that I'm going to wake up one day and, and it's all going to be gone because to some extent, I don't feel confident in my own abilities and, and my own knowledge that, that obviously created this. And now that it's something successful, I don't feel that I'm capable of, of maintaining that and keeping it there. So this is a big fear that has been a, a very limited belief for me, has been a real cause of anxiety and stress for me. And that I have to confront on a daily basis in order to operate, in order to do the things that are required to actually keep it there. Otherwise, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. So what are you doing to face that fear? Like, What are you doing to try to overcome it? It's all mindset. It's all, it's, it's all about getting out of your head and realizing that when you create something, when you put something into the world, it's not up to you whether or not it's good. It's not up to you whether or not it catches on and people resonate with it and it becomes a big thing. Yes, I put in the technical work and I put in the effort and I work to connect with my audience and those things have contributed it to it growing, but it wasn't my decision for it to grow. It was the audience. It was the world. They're the ones who can decide whether or not something flops. And so on a daily basis, I essentially just need to force myself out of this mindset that I'm somehow in control of whether or not it's successful. I'm not. All I can do is show up, do the work that I know how to do, make a conscious effort to do better work and to speak with the people that that are enjoying it and make sure that they are continuing to get value out of it. And if that allows it to continue to be successful, then that's fantastic. But if not, then that's just what the audience decided. And, and that is a reality that I'll have to live with. And I know that I got a valuable experience out of it. So 100%, it's changing the way that I approach the creation of this show and my own ownership of this show and realizing that it's not for me. I know all of this stuff. I'm the one on the microphone. And yes, it's a learning process because I do all of the research and read all of the articles. But really, it's for the mother of two in Iowa that needs just that quick reminder in the morning that that she has the ability to make a change. And 
she's the one that's going to decide whether or not the show is successful, not me. Hmm. So if I'm understanding you, what you've done to help overcome this fear is you've really surrendered. You've surrendered the idea that you can control all of it. You know, there are things that you can control. You can obviously control the content itself, how you how you produce it and things like that, but you can't necessarily control the outcome. And so you've worked on just surrendering that control and that has helped you to be able to continue to function powerfully despite having this fear somewhere in the background. Yeah, it helps me to show up every day. And and if I don't show up, then it definitely will fail. So I've got to at least do that. Yeah, yeah, because I think, like I said, you know, when we are working on making big changes, when we're when we're jumping into the arena of self-mastery and personal development, stuff gets messy and fears come up. And that's something that I am, you know, I was talking to my mentor earlier today about fear, you know, and he was asking me, well, what happens in those situations when you're experiencing fear and your ego wants to take you in one direction? However, you know, that direction doesn't serve your higher, you know, it doesn't serve your being, doesn't serve your higher purpose. And man, it is, it is hard sometimes just expressing the fact that stepping into your fear and doing things despite being afraid is what's going to move you through. Because once you say that, once you acknowledge those things, the universe is going to present you with opportunities. You know, it's going to say, all right, you said you're about this. Let's see. Here's your fear right in front of your face. And, uh, that process for me personally has been incredibly humbling. Yeah. Powerful stuff, man. So I'm curious. Um, we've gotten to know you. We've gotten to know a little bit about your show and, and sort of the, the background with it. Um, but what is your big why in life? Like what is, what's the reason why you wake up? What's the purpose for it all for you? Uh, so I have a, a few whys. This has actually been a question that I've been sort of struggling to iron down for or for quite a while um, because we all know, you know, Simon Sinek, start with why people don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. And that is absolutely true. So for me, there's two main whys. And, and one of them is personal. One of them is sort of personal, but but a little bit more for what I believe will, would create a better world. Um, so the, the personal one is this. I am an immigrant. I, I immigrated here uh, to the U.S. when I was eight uh, from Kingston, Jamaica, is where I was originally born, and came over with my mom, my dad, and my sister. And I saw what my parents were able to do as immigrants into this country and and sort of climbed their way up to what is upper middle class essentially um and and seeing the level of work that they've put in seeing the opportunities they've created for me and my sister and just seeing what they did has always been a big source of inspiration to me my my parents were never the type that told me that that hard work would allow me to get anywhere. They just essentially allowed their own example to show that. And, and I'm, I've always been grateful to them for that. But my biggest why with them has always been that 
we are immigrants and they have not been in this country working long enough to have a sizable retirement fund set up for them. So unless I'm able to help, unless my sister is able to help, they're likely not going to be able to retire in any level of comfort. And, and that's, that's not a reality that I, I feel I can allow to happen because they've done so much for me. They've, they're the entire reason that I am where I am. So, so that is a, that's always been a big why is to be able to support them when they are at that age that they choose to retire. Mm. Um, outside of that, also being an immigrant, there is this level of just desire to take it to the next level and to get to a point that my parents were never able to see in order to allow my own future children to to see it and and then elevate the bar from there. So so there is this selfish desire to play this game and get to a point that that my family and my last name has never seen. So in that sense, I guess legacy is is a is a good catch-all word for it. Outside of that, one thing that I really believe in especially after seeing my parents do what they've done is that regardless of where we are in our life, we can get to a better place. Now that doesn't mean that everyone is going to be a millionaire. It doesn't mean that we are all going to live this happy, amazing life and drink pina coladas on beaches. What it does mean is that we all have the power and the ability to create something out of the stage that we're currently in and and take what we're currently doing and, and transition that into something else, something better, something at a higher stage than, than where we started. The point of the show is to help people realize that and to help people realize and accept that it might take 10 years to get there. And, and you might have to trudge through a lot of crap for those 10 years but you can get there if you start right now and do something small every day regardless of what the goal is um so so there is a sense of wanting to show people what is possible and what they can do and that there is nothing at least in and i can only speak from the point of view of the united states but at least within the u.s there are things that that affect you and that put you in a position that may be behind somebody else, but you can rise to whatever the next level is for you. And, and that's what you should aim for. Um, so there's that. There's wanting to get to the next level in my own family and legacy and, and be able to support my parents. Um, and then there's a sense of just wanting to create something. Uh, so Tiny Leaps right now is I'm transitioning that into a larger media company that will be producing shows of this type. So shows that focus on various areas of personal development and focus on the specific details that you can do to improve your life slowly. Oh, very cool. And the 
one goal I've always had is to be able to, I spent, I didn't spend very long working in corporate America. I graduated college, had a job for about a year and a half and, and now I'm self-employed. But in that year and a half, I realized how flawed corporate America is in terms of so many things that, that is built into the system simply because they're there and not because they are actually valuable for, for anything. So there is a big drive to build a company that can employ X amount of people and really prioritize their well-being and their work-life balance and their desires and their interests and their personal goals in life over X percent more profits. So, so that's something that I'm, I'm, I'm not there yet. I probably won't be for another five, 10 years, but, but it is something that I'm actively trying to create so that I can show at least one other company that this is possible and, and that you can operate a company that prioritizes the employees 100% and that doesn't just fall blindly into these standards that actually probably ruin productivity more than they help and and still be profitable as a company man you're playing for you're playing big games that's awesome thanks i appreciate that yeah so um i'm gonna be putting some links to like i said all of your stuff in the show notes because you are somebody that i'm gonna continue watching i'm gonna continue listening to um, because i think that you are the person who's on the path to having it all and what you described and what you're playing for, your big why, um, to me, a couple times I heard things that, that were very similar to, you know, I am, I'm creating it all. That's what I'm looking for. So um, I'm going to be watching, man. That was awesome. Yeah, I'm trying to create it all. We'll <laughs> see. We'll see how far I can go. Very cool. Very cool. So as we come to a close here, um, I want to give you an opportunity to talk talk to the guests. Or I'm sorry, talk to the audience about um, anything that you just like to inform us about that you've got going on? Yeah. So as we mentioned, the show is Tiny Leaps, Big Changes. And you're already listening to this podcast. So if you want to just do a search for it, give one episode a listen. It's five to 10 minutes of your time. And if you hate it, you can tell me you hate it. And that's totally fine. But just do me a favor and give one episode a listen and and let me know what you think. And we just launched a second show on Instagram that's produced specifically for Instagram. So if you have an Instagram account, find us. It is at what is parachute and you'll find the new show, tiny hacks TV. And and you can give us your feedback on that. Awesome. And do you have a website that people could go if they wanted to learn more about you or check out any of the other things that you've got going on? Website is currently in development. Um, It'll be parachute digital.com. Awesome. Awesome. So once that's up, we'll connect and I'll make sure that there's an updated link in the show notes so that people can get to your site. Yeah. And everybody can reach me on Twitter at Greg Clunas. I respond to everybody. I, I usually follow back if you're not a spammer. So <laughs> yeah, give me a follow. Let me know what you thought of this episode. Let me know what you think of Matt in general. Um, I won't tell him, so don't be afraid. And <laughs> yeah, I'm all about feedback. So you can share it. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Greg, thank you so much, man. Um, I really appreciate you carving out the time and hanging out with me and really just going in and kind of opening yourself up and sharing so much. There's, 
a ton that was packed into this episode. So thank you so much, Greg. Yeah, man, I am excited to have been on this show. This is this was great. Two quick things before you leave. First, did you know that the Having It All podcast is a part of the Fireside Network? Yep, that's right. We are one of the shows that calls Fireside Network home. That means if you ever want to listen to a show outside of iTunes or Stitcher or whatever your favorite podcasting app is, all you have to do is visit www.firesidenetwork.com forward slash having it all. From there, you can access all of the episodes, see the show notes, learn about my guests, and more. Second, we also have a standalone website for Having It All, where you can learn about me, discover how we further our mission at Having It All, and pick up some free content around creating your ideal life and just experiencing life more powerfully. You can find that at www.havingitall.co. Again, that's www.havingitall.co. Thanks again for listening to the show. Here's to you having it all. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% dad-approved. Dadages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higg. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Dadages. That's D-A-D-A-G-E-S, wherever you listen to your podcasts.